Hi, everyone. I'm Erica Carbajal with Becker's Hospital Review. Thanks so much for joining us for the podcast. We're thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Hema Kapoor. She's the Senior Medical Director of Infectious Diseases and of the Global Diagnostics Network at Quest Diagnostics. Dr. Kapoor, thanks so much for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me for this exciting talk. Absolutely. So we're going to be discussing why Quest Diagnostics is working to educate birds after 100 tuberculosis skin tests to the TB blood test. So we'll go ahead and get started. First, you know, the 100-year-old tuberculin skin test is still widely used. Can you give an overview of some of the risks and challenges for providers who are mainly still relying on this method for TB testing? Absolutely. As you mentioned, the tuberculin skin test is uh, over 100 years old. Actually, this uh, test was invented by Robert Koch in 1912. So you can see it's almost 110 years old. In, in this day and age, you know, people have switched technologies, even if you take an example of phone lines, you know, when phone was invented, we had those old phones. And when cell phones came, we are now moving ahead and adopting newer technologies. And in the field of uh, uh, mycobacterium tuberculosis, we are seeing a same uh, change, but uh, it's disheartening to see that, you know, we're not adopting the new technology as quickly as we do for the other stuff. There are definitely risks and challenges of utilizing the, this old um, tuberculin skin test, and I'll divide it into two different buckets. The medical reason is that uh, this um, product, when it was brought to the market, is from a crude uh, combination of proteins. So the proteins can cross-react uh, with mycobacterium tuberculosis, which is a causative agent of causing tuberculosis. But then there are other organisms which we put them under the, uh, the terminology non-tubercular mycobacteria or uh, even the BCG vaccination from where we produce the vaccine, which is not utilized in the United States, but it's utilized pretty heavily in the other parts of the world. So this product, when we try to use as a test for knowing or screening people, whether they have been exposed or are having either a latent TB or active TB cross-reacts with all the BCG um, strains as BCG vaccinated people uh, will give a false positive result and uh, also in the non-tubercular mycobacterial space. The improvements in the science and medical field with the new tests which we use, which we call in short TB blood tests, these are interferon gamma release assays. They also look for same reaction, which this test, particular test does, which is a cell-mediated immune response to the exposure of these mycobacterial um, you know, agents. But uh, the improvement in the TB blood tests, uh, which in short we call as IGRAs, uh, interferon gamma release assays, is that they're more specific. The cross-reactivity to the BCG organisms and non-tubercular mycobacteria is taken away. So that's one from the medical perspective. But then from the operational perspective, there are uh, other reasons. Skin test in itself, when we gave it, it needs a lot of training because it's an intradermal um, institution of this product. 
meaning thereby the person who is instituting this test must see that the needle, which is a very fine needle, um, goes in between the layers of the skin and that there should be a wheel or raised uh, wheel produced. And if that doesn't happen, the, the person who's instituting that is, uh, this test should actually repeat the test immediately. And I'm not sure how often that we see in practically happening. So basically bottom line is people who are utilizing this test need to be very skilled in this, um, should have a good skill set. And also it has its own operational challenges in the sense that the test has to be read within a strict window of 48 to 72 hours. If you do not read the test in that window, then it can either give you false negatives or false positive results. And not only that, there's although a small proportion, but there is definitely a risk of an anaphylactic uh, reaction. Although it happens one in, I think, millions of people, but it is still a risk. You know, there was a recent publication out of Canada. They tried to look at that in last 12 years, there have been 26 episodes of anaphylaxis. So centers need to be equipped with keeping the adrenaline on in hand because you never know uh, um, that that reaction can happen in your clinic. So those are all some of the risks uh, of uh, utilizing this uh, um, skin um, skin tests um, in the practices, um, which uh, can give a lot of challenges to the health systems and healthcare providers as we see with newer staff. And then every time they have to keep up with this, the skill set of the people who are actually, um, you know, instituting this test for, um, for their patients. For sure, definitely sounds like there's, you know, higher risk for inaccuracy errors uh, with this century old test. So I also understand that the TB blood test requires just one patient visit. So can you talk us through more about how this test works and how it might eliminate inefficiencies or those errors that we, we just mentioned? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned earlier, there are ch operational challenges of TST. I think with this new product, which we, and I'm going to use, continue using the term IGRA, the IGRA tests, uh, which are uh, conducted by just drawing the blood. So these can be done in you know, patient service centers. The patient can go and get a blood draw. Even in a healthcare setting, all you have to do is draw, do a phlebot, normal phlebotomy services. I mean, operationally, yes, you need to have specific tubes in which you need to collect that sample, but then uh, that step is very easy and you just draw the blood and send it to the testing laboratory and that's it. You get an objective result. You don't have the subjectivity, which we see with the TST. As I mentioned in the TST, the, the, you bring the patient back for reading that test. And ha as I mentioned, it has to be in a specific window. But then uh, when you're reading the TST, uh, the the diameter of in duration it need not it it should not be just the redness it needs to be somebody has to palpate you know where is your uh, line of demarcation where you see actually an uh, an edema with the reaction uh, of the PPD and then you know measure that in millimeters and you can imagine you know, when you're measuring things subjectively with naked eye. Um, there could be, you know, room for an error. And, and if you are reporting it uh, with few millimeters cap, there could be subjectivity and an error for uh, either calling it as a false negative or a false positive reaction. 
with the blood test, it's one draw. You send it to the laboratory. We run it on the automated instruments. We kind of like um, remove that subjectivity error. Uh, and it gives you a number, which is an objective number, which determines you know, what the cell mediated immune response uh, of these um, mycobacterium tuberculosis is uh, in the patient. Sure, thanks for, for walking through those. And you know, a decade ago, healthcare organizations were still kind of largely viewing the TB blood test as a luxury rather than a gold standard. You know, in, in 2022, what's the stance on that? Has that changed at all? That's a great question, actually. And um, and actually, I was the first one in our lab uh, bringing uh, the EGRA test, which was quantifying gold. There are two EGRA tests which are there in the marketplace. They both look for the cell-mediated immune response, but their basic principle of testing is slightly um, different. But at the end of the day, the and I would say all three tests, the skin test, the TB blood test, which is one of them is a quantifying goal. The second one is the T-spot TB test. They all look for cell-mediated immune response and they all cannot differentiate between latent or active TB. But, um, you know, um, and these, the blood, TB blood test started coming to the market somewhere around 2005 onwards. And in, it's been with us for nearly now 15 to 17 years. And there has been, we're seeing some uptick, but unfortunately it's, um, you know, sad to see that nearly 54% uh, of the assays are still done using the 100 year old TST with even though there are limitations and challenges of that test. I would say there is, we're making progress, but we are not there yet. Uh, what what is um, uh, interesting and and pleasing to see is that many of the agencies like CDC um, and um, other organizations have uh, you know done uh, publications as well as given recommendations in favor of utilizing these uh, newer TB blood tests um, in in many populations. Uh, whether it is employee testing and specifically, I think we do see population into, we can divide them into two large buckets. There is population where you really need to do this, this testing to see whether they've been exposed to TB. And there are people who are, who can have a higher risk basically who get exposed to TB situations more often than others. In those situations, you know, any test can be given, but when you have uh, lower risk of population, you need definitely need a more sensitive and a specific test. So the, the good part over the years, what we have seen is many of these organizations coming out and giving recommendations to use or prefer TB blood tests or the newer technology or the TSD. So that's, that's something which um, has come, but we have a long way to go adopting this, uh, this better and improved uh, tests uh, over over time. Yeah, it's surprising to hear that more than half are, are still done using that that hundred year old test. But as you mentioned, a good sign that CDC and these other organizations are, are making recommendations in favor of these newer blood tests. Before we wrap up here, can you talk about what you know providers who are looking to convert to the TB blood test should know about introducing it or any training involved before they do so? 
That's another great question. You know, whenever a, a new technology comes in, and I think providers would definitely like to hear what this new technology is. And also, we have to still do it right, correct? Even though it's a one tube uh, collection, but the, as I mentioned, the tubes are dedicated. So there are dedicated tubes for quantiferon EGRA test, uh, which is collected either in a single tube or uh, in four tubes. But then there is, you know, there is a way to, um, the, the, those specific tubes need to be collected. And similarly, in the, in, for the T-spot test, there are recommendations for uh, storage of specimens in the right temperatures and then shipping uh, requirements. So we encourage um, generally um, physicians when they make a switch to be very much familiar with the principles of the technology. But we, we are there to help them out with all those questions to be answered up front. If they want to know the scientific information, you know, when I say that these tests are have improved sensitivity and specificity, there are publications and literature with which we can support, um, you know, how and what studies have been done in the field for different uh, categories of the populations, as I mentioned, high risk or low risk population. And also, you know, there are, um, you know, how the results will come to them because they're going to be different. In the TST, they are reading the result themselves and making an interpretation. Whereas when they send the test for laboratory for a laboratory to run, we give them a you know report back, and the report does have um, you know values for the controls, for negative control, for a positive control because these tests are run, as I mentioned, these are cell-mediated immune response. We are looking for a response from the cells in the sample. So they are in, indirectly, we are actually collecting the whole blood in the tubes. And uh, when we are reporting the result, each patient's sample is run with these controls. So there are, there are uh, you know, information regarding those controls. So, so interpretation of the results can be, um, I wouldn't say challenging, but I think it is, it, it, if a physician wants to make a switch, they need to be um, well-versed with how to interpret those results. And we have uh, frequently uh, asked questions uh, in, on our website and also, uh, you know, materials. And we do put a good explanation of those interpretations within the report. And also we have staff on site to help them interpret those, um, those reports. And not only that, also getting themselves familiarized with, you know, besides just being a positive and negative in a T-spot assay, the additional value is that there is a borderline range and how to interpret the value in the borderline range because low borderline, when they retest can, you know, there are publications and studies done that that goes more towards the negative result whereas high borderline value is more likelihood of you know, uh, a, a positive result when, when the result is repeated. And uh, like any other test, you know, there could be certain situations, very small percent of patients where you may have to repeat a test because even though it's an objective value, 
but there could be um, you know 10% chance of variability sometimes when you're running an assay based on the biological factors of the patient you know whether they've been recently vaccinated did they have kind of like a viral exposures so there are certain uh, situations where even TB blood tests um, can um, need to be repeated on, on it, but it's a very small percentage. It's not, you know, we, we did a study and where we found that almost 97% of the time we can give a good result, whether it's positive or negative. But as I mentioned, in small percentage cases, you may have to repeat the test. So I think physicians, if they make themselves familiar with what could those be situations, what is the next step they have to do? Uh, when do they have to repo, uh, repeat an assay? And also based on the, as I mentioned, all those CDC, first time when they came out with their recommendations was in 2005, but over the period of 12 years in 2017, and also now more recently in 2019, there are updated recommendations. There are situations where you actually need to repeat a test uh, in certain populations, specifically when the patients are in the low risk uh, situation. So to familiarize themselves with the utility of these newer assays um, will be critical. Great to hear that, that 97% that you shared there. Well, Dr. Gafford, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing some of the benefits of the TB blood test and giving an overview of what the transition has looked like. It's been a pleasure, and thanks so much to the sponsor as well, Quest Diagnostics. You can tune into more episodes and virtual events from Becker's by visiting the, our website at beckershospitalreview.com. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it.